1: To the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen,
0: I give you Stuan Blake.
2: Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I'm Stu Whiffin. Sitting beside me always Blake Harrison. How are you, mate? Very good, mate. Very good. How are you? I'm alright. I'm alright. So we're we're doing this a little bit later than, than than planned, because we was hoping, and there's been some kind of mix-up, to have had uh, Jordan Vicenic joining us today for our pre-286 chat. Um, we're sure that um, we'll catch up with Jordan at some point. There's, there's every chance that he may well just pop up on this Zoom call uh, in the middle of the episode, but we've chose to just steam into the episode um, and discuss all things 286, so Fingers crossed Jordan turns up in the middle of that. Other than that, we'll try and um, reschedule a chat and uh, and get Jordan on because um, it's been made quite clear by just looking at our statistics, isn't it, Blake, that Jordan is a very, very popular fighter. He's one of the most listened to episodes that we've ever had on the MMA Fan Podcast.
1: Yeah, he's uh, uh, a really great guy, really good fighter. It's um, a shame for him uh, how things went in his, his last fight against... Paul Hughes, but there's plenty to talk to him about. He's fighting uh, Tiziano Ferranti uh, this Friday coming mm. uh, on Cage Warriors. Um, in I was hoping to ask him whether it might be a mini tournament going on because we've got Jordan versus uh, Tiziano Ferranti. We've got Morgan Shario versus James Hendon. Mm. Four top, top featherweights at, at that level. And you're thinking maybe the winners of those two fights may fight each other for a vacant featherweight belt if Paul Hughes has found his way to the UFC. I've not seen any news on whether Paul Hughes has found his way to the UFC, but wishing him all the best. Hope he does make it to the UFC um, and gets a nice little contract with them. So maybe that's going to happen. So, yeah, some exciting stuff hopefully ahead for Jordan Buchanek and hopefully he'll be joining us, maybe even we say popping in on this call at some point. Absolutely.
2: And before we jump into um, this upcoming weekend's uh, UFC, we're recording this on, on Sunday the 12th, uh, and it's it's impossible not to talk about just a couple of the fights, really, from, from what happened last night at oh. UFC. Um, and, I mean, Mirab, um, I did not see that fight going that way against Peter Yarn. Um, like, demolished him, broke him down, beat him, every possible place in that octagon. Um, the cardio, where that come from, I have no idea. It was relentless. And the leg kicks, like Peter Yarn looked lost, I thought.
1: Yeah, I mean, Marab is called the machine for a reason. Yeah. I mean, also, he had that whole Georgia versus Russia thing going on. It motivated him more. Maybe when you look at the kind of, in with hindsight, do you look at that kind of... The ceremonial kind of way in, the face off situation where Peter Yarn pushed him. It was we a like, weird was push. It? it was like an
2: open yeah. hand strike to the, almost like his like yeah. collarbone neck. It was, I watched it quite a few times. I was like, that's pretty nasty what he's done there. Yeah.
1: And before that, he didn't really look at him, did he? He mm. was like avoiding eye contact, whereas Mirab was really ready to look him in the eye. Mm. Um, and you think, well, psychologically, was something going on there? I don't know. But I mean, I mean, it, it, both people, Both fighters are now in a very weird place. I'm trying to keep Mm. my voice down a little bit because my son is trying to sleep above me. So I'm (laughs) trying to be good before my wife comes down and says, will you shut the fuck up? Um, (laughs) So, um, but Marab is in a strange place because he's never going to fight the champion. Him and Aljamain Sterling, very, very good friends. They're not going to fight each other. Mm. Aljo's fighting Henry Cejudo in May. And if Aljo's talked about going up to featherweight quite often, Mm. but If Aljo beats Henry Cejudo, next in line is Sean O'Malley. And I think Sean O'Malley is a way easier fight for Aljamain Sterling than Henry Cejudo. And not only that, but Sean O'Malley is the biggest payday for Aljamain Sterling outside of maybe a Henry Cejudo, maybe even including Henry Cejudo. So Aljo really should stick around to fight O'Malley, which means Marab is waiting around for ages. and yeah. Does he have to take another fight against, say, the winner of Cheeto Vera, Corey Sandhagen, which happens in a couple of weeks? Yeah. I don't know, but really, someone on his win streak and having just beaten Peter Yarn should be getting a title shot, but it's probably not going to happen right away, so he's got to either take another fight or he waits around for ages hoping Aljo goes up. I don't know.
2: It's, so, it's such a weird thing, isn't it? When I sort of watched the, the fight start last night and He established himself very early on, and I was just thinking, even if he wins this, like it's so weird that the champ's in his corner, and it's like, you win this and you're the number one, but the champ, you're never going to fight. It's just odd. And then you say there's so many other kind of things in and around that, and there's so many ifs, whys, and whens. That might never happen. So, like, like you say, like, what does he do? Does he just sort of hang around? Like, I don't think he's somebody that's going to be able to fight a different weight. You know, he seems very comfortable and natural um, where he is. He's
1: not very big. I mean, he weighed yeah. in at one thirty four point five for a non championship fight, so he's not very big, yeah. is he? Whereas yeah. Aljo will be moving up soon. So, yeah, I don't know. But I mean, more worryingly, what is next for Peter Yarn? He's on like, a three fight losing streak. Is it? No, technically, Peter Yarn, a guy that a while ago, many people, including myself, were saying this is a guy that could reign at the top of the Bantamweight division for a long time. He is is really special. And then all of a sudden now, that man, he's on like a three fight. Oh, hang on. No, because he beat Sandhagen, didn't he? So maybe Mm. he's not. But he's won something like one of his last five fights. Peter Yarn, I'm going to have to look this up now because I'm very interested in what his record is. For him to be just winning like he, he lost to Aljo for the DQ, which it was a fight he was absolutely dominating. He was yeah. he was beating Aljamain yeah, yeah, Sterling yeah, yeah, from yeah, pillar yeah. to post. Yeah. If he doesn't throw that illegal knee, Aljamain is never the champion, and Piotr yeah. Jan could be on, you know, uh his I don't know, second, third title defence. Sure. Who knows? Um and then he faces Aljo again, loses a split decision that I think he did lose, but he, it was a split decision. Then I think he went and he beat um Corey Sandhagen for... Oh, no. Or did he beat Corey Sandhagen for the interim belt before rematching Al Jermaine Sterling? Yes. Yes. So he beats Sandhagen after that in a really close but brilliant fight, but he definitely won. Then he fights Aljo again, loses a close split decision, which, you know, he lost. Then he fights Sean O'Malley, loses a contentious split decision that a lot of people thought that Yarn won. Mm. And now he's fought Marab, where Marab 50-45'd him. I mean where does Yarn go from here this is a position that none of us thought peter Yarn would be in and he's now he's he's on a 3 fight losing streak and this last <laughs> fight was that had never been done to him i mean split decisions contentious split decisions you know that that's sort of one of those things that happens at the top level but to be 50 45 – peace up is, at worked uh, at
2: class like in every possible place it was yeah it was crazy um and I know it's one of those fights when it sort of gets to round three, and you know, you always have a thing that Peter Yarn's a bit of a slow starter. You know, he's going to, and he, he, he just, the, the deeper the water's got, he just seemed to look more and more lost, more and more sluggish. He couldn't get his boxing going. His legs were clearly giving him a lot of pain, uh, and he just couldn't ever really get going. And I think he didn't get a moment to compose himself because Mirab was just relentless. It was, yeah, it was, it was. Complete dominance, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where he's out of his contract, Peter Yarn, but he could probably quite easily go and make a lot of money in PFL um, and, and because he is leave the oh, savage. I don't think he'll leave, the UFC. I don't it'll leave yeah. the
1: UFC. I mean, I think we could. I don't, I don't think Peter Yarn's very old either. I think mm. we could see Yarn have another run at the belt. Yeah. But I mean, what's next? You've got Adrian Yanez versus Rob Font coming up soon. That's yeah. a fight I can't wait for. It's going to be such a good fight. The winner of that, Yane, could, could fight them. Yeah. Um, but he's he's going to have to put together like a three, four fight win streak now to yeah. get back to a title shot, which I think is doable. I think yeah. he can do it. But Bantamweight yeah. is a very, very deep division. And it's mentally, That's- where is he at right now?
2: And as we touched upon before we, we pressed record today, we both thought Peter Yarn was going to win that. Like, yeah. I, I I thought he was going to knock him out. I thought he's boxing so good, he's he's, he's going to knock him out and couldn't have been more wrong. Um, great night for, uh, for former guests of the show. Um, the delightful human being that is Davey Grant. Um yes. Tough couple of rounds, uh, first two rounds for Davey. And yep. I mean, for those that didn't see it, talk us through that. The, the, the climax of that fight, Mr. Harrison?
1: Well, it was an interesting one because I felt like a Asuncel probably won the first two rounds um, and then Davy Grant's then in a situation where he's sort of with, I don't know, like two minutes to go or a minute and a half to go. Asuncel gets yet another takedown against the fence and Davy Grant grabs the fence to try and prevent going down further or getting taken down. And the referee, Keith Peterson, he stops the fight takes Davey into the centre of the ring and takes a point away from him immediately, which Davey Grant looks furious about. And it did feel harsh. It did feel harsh. It was a bad fence grab. He would have been taken down without that fence grab. I'm usually in the camp where you go, you've grabbed the fence. I'm going to start you down where I think you would have been, person on top of you, there in your guard or something like that, whatever, you're punished in that way. Taking the point straight away feels harsh to me. But for Davey... It was the best thing because then he had like a minute and a half to just do whatever he possibly could against mm. the Sun Sal. I think he maybe landed a spinning back fist at it one was, point. It was. It, he he, he
2: came straight in when they restarted it with a spinning back fist.
1: I mean, and just rocked him bad. But a Sun Sal again tried to go back to the wrestling to save himself and somehow in the middle of a scramble... Davey Grant pulls out an inverted triangle with just just seconds, like 15 or so seconds left on the clock in a fight he was losing against a legend like Rafael Asuncao. And he pulls out an inverted triangle, which you do not see those often. And I think yeah. I heard the commentators like Paul Felder saying, like, you don't really get them in the gym very often, let alone in a fight at this level. And yeah. not only that, he choked him unconscious. Yeah. He choked him out and you're just like jesus davy grant what yeah. a win what a win yeah. that guy is just like a bonus machine like yeah. davy grant like davy
2: obviously- grant davy grant don't get the respect uh no. in, in the world of uk mma like he has got some incredible wins uh and and it, for me like you say he's uh, he's got bonus written all over him and he just for me I think it's a crying shame that he's not on this this card that we're about to talk about.
1: Yeah, I mean, David Grant, if he's even if he's not winning, that man is so exciting to watch. Like looking at his record, he's on a two fight win streak now. Before that, he lost to Adrian Yanes, who we've already mentioned on the show. Absolutely phenomenal, uh, Adrian Yanes. I'm a big fan of his. And David Grant lost that by split decision, and it was a very mm-hmm. exciting fight. Before that, a little a man called uh, Marlon Chito Vera. I don't know if you've mm. heard of him, guys. Um, you know, lost a decision in again a very exciting good fight. And then before that, he's knocking out uh, Jonathan Martinez. He is knocking out Martin Day. He's, you know, this guy is very very exciting. He gives everything, every single fight, and he's hugely fan friendly. But as you say, doesn't always get the respect that he deserves so right. yeah well done should we talk Bright. about
2: this Saturday I mean he did say in his post fight didn't he? he said I'm good yeah. to go put me on next week
1: put me on <laughs> put, put me in coach put me in um, yeah man I am so excited for this I'm just constantly checking my phone just to see if a certain former cage warriors champion is uh, seeing my message <laughs> to see if he's going to pop into the chat but um let's go let's, let's start this one Leon Edwards versus Kamara Usman, the third instalment, the trilogy, at mm. the O2. First pay-per-view in England for, what, I don't know, six years? Bisping like Hendo? Bisping Hendo, yeah, whenever mm. that was. Um, but uh, so excited, man. I mean... <sighs> I'm really excited about the co-main, I have to say. I think that's going to be... Car- I sent a message on the WhatsApp group because uh, yeah. I'd been watching some Fiziev and Gaethje fights this week. Yeah. And so I sent a message on our WhatsApp group with uh, with Pip and Brian Lacey. And I was like, it's going to be carnage. It's going to be absolute <laughs> carnage. I cannot wait. But let's go with the main event. Let's go with, yeah. with edwards Usman because I'm excited for this in a different way. I think this could be... Back and forth, I think it could be very technical. I think it's going to be a well-rounded mixed martial arts fight. Um, yeah, really, really excited about this one. How would you feel in anticipation towards it, headlining the first pay-per-view we've had in the UK for such a long time?
2: It's going to be incredible. Um, hopefully, you know, it's looking like we're going to be there. Um, I, I just can't believe, I, you know, if we get there, you know, I know you're a big fan of Fiziev. Um I can't believe that I'm going to watch Justin Gaethje getting an octagon. I'm so excited about that. Yeah, man. Um, but to, to talk about uh, Kamaru and um, Leon, I think this is... I, I don't really know how this is going to go um, because there's so many things that, you know... We we spoke a little bit, <clears throat> and I know you might you might even want to talk about it about um, the the last fight and, and and Leon Edwards and altitude and things like that, um, yeah. And because you know he's, he's he's taking nothing away from Leon that you know for four of them rounds he was he was losing the fight. He um, was, uh, uh, and, yeah, and, and no, I think
1: I, I was going to say yeah that the, the altitude I think is the biggest. Biggest yeah. question mark over it is how much did the altitude play a factor mm. in that second fight? We're all aware of the knockout. We've all seen that incredible video with the Rocky yeah. theme tune behind yeah. it and Leon's trainer shouting, don't let him bully your son yeah. through the fire. All this stuff like <laughs> it. It's so good. It gives me goose pimples, that video. Yeah. I love it so much. Um, and we all know that story, this this head kick out of nowhere. But before that, as you say, other than round one, which Leon won, yeah. it was one-way traffic. Yeah, Usman yeah, yeah. was all over him. Leon couldn't get started. And Leon's mentioned the altitude and he couldn't get started and all that stuff. And I re-watched the second fight. And you see in that second fight, in round one, even though Usman lost it, and particularly in round two, Usman lands some Ferocious body shots, like he pushes Edwards up against that cage. Edwards has got a high guard, and Usman is ripping him to the body. And I don't remember that. It's not because not, obviously everyone thinks about oh, altitude and the kick, and you know the the the, the post fight press conference. Number one, pound for pound, headshot dead. I mean, that's yeah. the iconic stuff. Now you don't remember the body shots that Usman was landing, and I was like, mm. how much is the altitude playing a factor in? Comparison to the body shots that Usman was landing, and I sent a message to uh, to the Einstein of, of MMA, uh, uh, a friend of mine by the name of Dan Hardy. Look uh, at you! <laughs> <laughs> Drop that name, <laughs> fucking hell now. But I, I wanted to know, you know, if you get if you need a question answered, go to the best. He's the go guy, right? Of course he is, guy. Because uh, in the commentary as well, you hear DC talking about the fact that um, Leon Edwards has been sleeping in an elevation tent. He's mm. been uh, Salt Lake City for two weeks prior to the event. So he's acclimatised. He's done everything uh, you right. Know,
2: uh, Kamaru, not Leon.
1: No, Leon has been in Salt Lake for two weeks right. and been sleeping in an elevation tent. So the elevation shouldn't have as much of a, an effect on him. This is what DC was saying in the commentary. Mm. So I messaged Dan about it. And he was like, you know, it could be a bit of both because the the body shots were there. But he said the way his performance went flat makes him think that it was very much the altitude. He yeah. says he thinks the elevation tents help a little bit, but, you know, nothing comparison to the fact that Uzman and I didn't think, Uzman trains at elevation. He trains in Colorado. And here's the thing I didn't know, which Dan uh, pointed out to me, is Colorado is uh, apparently 6,800 feet above sea level. And Salt Lake City is 4,300 feet above sea level. So Usman has actually gone down in elevation to fight Leon, and Leon has gone way up in elevation to fight Usman. That is going to play a massive factor, surely. And that is what um, Dan... Dan Hardy, Dan the Outlaw Hardy was saying so.
2: Former former uh, guest of the show, Dan Hardy.
1: Former guest of the show. That is one of our great interviews. I, I love yeah. it. I mean, tooting my own really horn there, or our own horns there, but um, it's you know I, I think that's a cracking interview the, the Dan it Hardy. One. That. So go and go and listen to that. But um, but yeah, so from from the mouth of Einstein of the Einstein of MMA, uh, Dan Hardy. Shout out to him. Big thank you for answering my message and not ghosting me um, <laughs> <laughs> like so many do. Um, so so all of this
2: now you know a little bit of clarity on that how are you seeing this fight going
1: well um who's winning mate it's still close I can see this being a decision of course it's close and I can see it being a split decision like I think it's super close Factors that I can't get, I've had a gut feeling about Leon, but my gut feelings don't mean shit, if I'm perfectly (laughs) honest. Um, I had a gut feeling that Peter Yarm was going to knock out Marab Devadashvili. That didn't happen. (laughs) Um, So don't worry about my gut. Um, um, But uh, I I have had a gut feeling about Leon for a while that he could do this. Factors that play into his favour are that he did win round one and the elevation, according to Dan, according to Leon. Did play a factor in in that fight. Um, also, the fact that Usman is now, and you're going to hate this because I always talk about age. Usman is going to be 36 in May, mm. and he's just suffered a massive, if not his first ever, big KO, which can change fighters. And he suffered it only seven months ago. Like uh, maybe that's a long enough.
0: Here's a cool fact.
1: Of time to truly recover from that but I think when fighters get receive that kind of a blow, maybe you take a year off or something like that, so he's coming back not that he had much of a choice, you know he's got to come back and get an immediate rematch so only 7 months ago he suffered a vicious KO against a guy that's only 31 in his prime um, and he's going to be 36 soon yeah, I don't know, I, I, I'm leaning towards Leon, those are the factors that, that I'm thinking about, but ultimately the other factor that you would consider if you're an Usman fan is Usman was on his way to a very comfortable win in that fight before the head kick from nowhere, so yeah, what about you? How are you seeing it going down? I
2: I I think uh, we've seen very little from Usman in the lead up to this, uh, I think he's literally head down and I think he's going to be coming out and he, I think he's going to want to try and make a statement. Of course, you know he's he's that that loss is going to haunt him forever. And if he can do something spectacular to redeem that, then uh, I I I think that's what he's going to do. I think Leon's going to come out into his own back garden with a roar that he's never heard before, uh, and I think it's going to be completely inspiring and uplifting and. Will drive him, you know. If if he if the gas tank starts to empty a little, I think the roar of the O2 will be so important. I think Leon Edwards wins a decision.
1: Yeah, so we're going the same. Pick the same, mm. same mm-hmm. outcome here. Um, do you Come want to on. move you, on? To... You, of course, you do. Come on. Oh boy, this is the one. Like, I'm excited yeah. for Leon Uzman. But this if, if my son wasn't trying to sleep above me right now, I would be going nuts right now. I'm so freaking excited yeah. about this fight. I've watched pretty much all of the Fiziev um, uh, UFC fights. Yeah. And I've watched a few Gaethje fights in the lead up to this. Oh my god, it's gonna be crazy. <laughs> They're just gonna go. And it's gonna be high level as well, but they are gonna go for each other, and I can't wait. Factors to consider for me. Um, um, Rafael Faziv has not fought anyone of Justin's level yet. The highest he's fought is Rafael de Anjos, who's still a really good level, but I don't think he's Justin level. Um so as I say that, I'm starting to actually question whether that's true. But I do like RDA. No, a I, I, like, I I think I, RDA
2: think, uh, around the time of that fight was 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 looking great. Um, yeah.
1: But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like maybe, maybe he is then, But uh, I know he's obviously a former champion. That was a while ago. But I, I love Justin. I'm a big mm. Justin fan. I know you're a big Justin fan. If you like MMA, mm. you're a big Justin fan. There's no way you can't yeah. be. But, um, Viziev, you know. Justin hits hard, but Fiziev has got good defense Fiziev does get clipped. I was about to say he's got good defense, defense, striking, defense, but he, he does get clipped a lot. He got clipped yeah. a lot in the Brad Riddell fight. Um, I need to bring up his, his kind of resume to see. Bobby Green, went. Bobby Green, he got clipped a lot, and in that third round, he was gassing a bit as well. Mm. So if Gaethje kind of comes through into the kind of latter part of that second round and into the third round, there's a possibility that if Gaethje, even if he's taken a bunch of punishment. Could land yeah. one on uh, Fiziev because because uh, Fiziev, I think, does have a couple of question marks maybe over his gas tank, even though, having said that, Fiziev's RDA win was fifth round with you know yep. a, a knockout. So that was uh, that was pretty impressive, and that was in the fifth round. Um, mm. I think what's interesting is that Fiziev is a former international Muay Thai champion, and Justin Gage's number one weapon in a lot of his big fights is the leg kicks. Yeah. So if you've got that background, maybe you would know more than me, because right, you've done more Mu- Muay Thai than I have. But when you've got that background, when you're that level of, like, you know, former Muay Thai international champion, mm. even though Gaethje's leg kicks are phenomenal, he throws them at weird times, weird angles, when you don't think they can be thrown, and they're incredibly powerful, is someone with Fiziev's background just going to be able to check those way easier than most fighters that Gaethje's has could have done? <clears throat> I see what you're saying. And and there's probably
2: MMA, uh, as we put in the show notes, we are not qualified to kind of uh, make these kind of statements and they they, they be certified. But what I'll say is the stance of a mixed martial artist is very different to the stance of a Muay Thai fighter. And what you don't ever see is uh, Fiziev standing there, you know, bouncing the front knee in in a Thai stance, in a position where he can check kicks really easily. You know, there's there's far more things that are going to, you know, dictate how you stand, how you move. Um, so, yeah, I know what you're saying. If it was a Muay Thai fight, then obviously, yes. But I, I don't think... Obviously, he's going to be very aware of the fact that um, Justin Cagy, you know, kicks like a donkey. And, and you know, it, 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 uh, it, it will hurt. And I don't know. I don't... I don't necessarily think that the the, the, the MMA stance lends itself to checking kicks as easily as a Muay Thai stance. I think that's this is is it... what I'm
1: trying to say, essentially. But the MMA stance obviously comes from the threat of the takedown a lot of the time yeah, as well. Exactly. Is Gaethje going to use any offensive wrestling? I mean, he can. He's a good mm. wrestler. He's got the certain credentials, like college, all that kind of stuff. Mm. But he never uses it. He uses it as a defensive weapon to then mm. just re-engage in the striking. So can perceive kind of, I don't know, adopt more of a Muay Thai mentality at least because he thinks Gaichi's not going to try and take me down. He doesn't take anyone down. He just yeah. swings punches and yeah. hammers home leg kicks. Um, mm. I don't know. Swings, I, I swings
2: punches with hard hitters like Michael Chandler. You know. Yes. Swings yeah. punches with Tony Ferguson, Donald Cerrone, Edson Barbosa. You know. You want to talk about a, a, a really incredible kickboxer? Look at Edson Barbosa. Yes, and he... he Knocked him out in round one.
1: Oh, my (laughs) God, that was phenomenal. But, I mean, when when I look at Gaethje when he's fought the top-tier guys, a lot of the time he has fallen short. He's fallen short against Oliveira, Poirier, Eddie Alvarez. Alvarez. And in the Alvarez and Poirier fights in particular, the leg kicks is what kept him in the game because they Mm. were boxing him up at points. And he Mm. was landing strikes, but... It was the leg kicks where he was really damaging Poirier and really damaging Alvarez. And obviously Alvarez then ended up with a massive welt on his cheek as well. But um, it, it was the leg kicks that were his key weapon. And I, that's why I'm wondering about Fiziev having the Muay Thai background that he has got. Can he, if he can nullify that key weapon yeah. with checks and I don't know, whatever Muay Thai fighter would do it's in order to try and nullify that, if he can... Does it then become more of a boxing match? And I think Fazeev has got the edge there. I think he's got the speed. He can crack. And I think it's going to be... I just think it's going to be a great fight. Yeah. A great fight. And I think Fazeev is the favourite at the moment.
2: Neither of them are ever in boring fights.
1: Neither of them are ever in boring fights. I think Fazeev is the favourite currently. Is and he? I'm, yes, he is, yeah. Gaichi's actually a decent underdog in this. Wow. Um, I think I looked at he it, it was two to one on something, and I was just like, "Wow!" Um, so that was surprising. So yeah, maybe I. I just my problem is I. I just don't see Gaethje connecting on Fiziev for those first couple of rounds. Third round, maybe, but maybe not the first couple. But fuck, what do I know, man? I just know it is gonna be a great fight. I, 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 yeah. I mean, they Fiziev does get hit. He does get it, particularly as the fight goes on, because he starts mm. to get tired. So this is going to be a corker. I think it's going to be fight of the night, and I think it's going to be 100%. a really, really fun fight. Um, yeah, if I had to gun to my head, I'd say Fiz wins this. Oh, we this. disagree on this one. Or I think he might even be able to get a finish. There's only so long that Gaethje can keep taking all the punishment he's taken over the years. Um and yeah, I think I think we could see Fazeev do it, and maybe even get a finish. But but hey, if Gaethje won, I wouldn't be like shocked or anything because it just shows that Fazeev, as well as he's done, there's levels, and and Gaethje hmm. uh, just that level above. All so right, Gaethje, Gaethje. Ca-
2: and he's going to KO him as well.
1: He's going to KO him. Do you do you have a round? Second. <laughs> oh, <he's got> <laughs> I
2: love a bit of specificity. Um, uh, great stuff. Well, moving on, um, there's some fights that, you know, I don't think we want to talk about the whole card in depth because we'll be here all night, but um, Brian Barbarena versus Gunnar Nelson at at 170. I think, from what I can read here, it's on the main card. Um, I, I think there's other fighters that could have been put on that main card that are on the prelims that I think the crap would have really, really gone for. I know the UK fans have got a... You know, a, a, a weird affiliation with mean, Gunnar through the, the Connor connection and stuff back in the day. It feels like everybody in the UK, you know, got behind Gunnar Nelson whenever he was yeah. fighting. And, you know, well, he's, they been, got he's been on Gunner various. Nelson.
1: They got behind mm. Gunnar Nelson when he was fighting Leon Edwards. Mm. That was, I was in the crowd at that point. That was, I think, the Darren Till-Masvidal fight. And I was shocked because I was mm. thinking Leon Edwards is a UK fighter, and people were mm. cheering Gunner over Leon. I think it also had something to do with the fact that there was a strong Scouse contingent in yeah. the audience, and Leon and Darren had been going back and forth with each other. A yeah, bit, yeah, but, yeah. But yeah, that was that was a weird one. But yeah, they do. The, the UK fans love Gunner.
2: Yeah, and uh, and and don't get me wrong, incredible fighter. And I was very very excited to watch Gunnar fight. Probably four or five years ago uh, maybe even longer uh, to see where his career was going to go because he looked very exciting and then it kind of I'm really great stretch, it sort of petered out a little bit and uh, yeah. and well, uh, yeah
1: he got a win on the last London card uh, that's right the yeah. Mar- no the March March London card yeah uh, he, he, he got a win there back in the wing column after having a little bit of time off mm. um very different to Brian Barberina because Barberina fights really regularly. He seems like one of yeah. those kind of stalwarts of the welterweight division. Mm. He's had like three or four fights in the time that Gunner's had one. Um, Barberina never really gets subbed, and nine of Gunner's UFC wins, seven of, of Gunnar's UFC wins. Sorry, have been submissions. Mm. So I don't know whether Gunner will get another sub here. He possibly can. Uh, um, Brian Barberina rarely gets subbed, but his last fight was RDA where he did get subbed. Um, I can see this being one of those kind of decisions where Gunnar Nelson takes him down regularly. He's probably got a body triangle on him for mm. four minutes, and he's trying to get a choke, but he's being defended. Stuff like that, and he gets a decision, but it's yeah. not the most eye-catching of fights. Um, other one, an- another former guest to show Joanne Wood. Is fighting yes. uh, Luana Carolina. I've not got a huge amount to say about this fight. Uh, Luana Carolina was—we last saw her, saw her on the March London card as well, getting spinning, elbowed into the nether realm uh, by yep. Molly McCann, um, and now she's fighting Jojo, Cald- uh, Jojo Wood. Sorry, um, Jojo is thirty-seven now. She's on a three-fight losing streak. Yeah. I really, really want her to win this fight. And I wonder, I just wonder if if she can win this fight, would that be a really good time to call it quits on home soil? <sighs> and say thank you very much. Not that I would want to put pressure on any fighter to do that, you know, fighters fight as long as they want, all that kind of stuff, but I wonder if we we don't get very happy retirements in MMA most of the time. Mostly it's like people are on a terrible losing streak, like look what happened to Frankie Edgar and all that stuff getting knocked out recently a few times and all of that. It would be nice to see a retirement where a fighter is on home soil, they win a fight when they've been on a losing streak and they go, oh, it's not going to get, much better than this again yeah. for me let me call it quits. Um, I
2: think so and so, and it, and it yeah. looks like she's got a, a a nice life obviously she's married to uh, John Wood head coach over at syndicate um you know she's if if her socials are anything to go by she seems you know very much part of that gym and uh, seems to have a very nice life uh, over in Vegas um and Yeah, I mean, like you say, looking at the the people that she's lost to, well, no shame in in that, you know, uh, Grosso, Talia Santos, Lauren Murphy. um, And so, yeah, I think – and and, and Jennifer Meyer, which obviously we're going to talk about as well on on this card. Um, But, yeah, I mean, just – it's weird. It wasn't that long ago. It was only like in twenty twenty. It was looking like she was going to be fighting Valentina for a, a, a shot of the title. That that got cancelled. That fight. Um, what? Well, a... She?
1: It didn't get cancelled. She. What I, 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 did it? Well, there was something that happened where she was the next up to fight, but then for whatever reason, I don't know. if Valentina was injured. I don't think the fight was like. Maybe the fight was announced. Maybe you're right. Maybe it was cancelled. But they were offering to go. No, you can just fight Valentina when she's ready. But instead, mm. she took a fight against Jennifer Meyer and lost that fight. And because yeah. of that, she never got to fight for the belt, which yeah. is a real shame. Um, but yeah. But so, yeah.
2: What were you- no, 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 that, that, that was kind of it. And like, yeah, I, uh, it's not for, you know, it's not for anybody to to start calling for people's retirement. But I, I totally hear what you're saying. I think if you get a nice win in the UK, what a lovely place to go. Yeah, it would just—it you know.
1: just feels to me like it'd be a nice way because it's got—it's got to come soon. She's thirty-seven, so it's yeah. going to come soon. If she beats Luana Carolina here, yeah, it's a nice way in it. Otherwise, she could end up fighting at the apex in a couple of fights' time on yeah. a losing streak, fight someone, get knocked out, and then call it that. It's just—it's not as nice. It's not as happy. Yeah, and I want—I want to yeah. see JoJo do well. JoJo has been on the show. We've had an uh, interview with JoJo before. She's lovely, and I just want to see her do well and, and have, a nice, have a nice time and a nice life um, absolutely well let's, let's talk fight. about Jennifer Meyer Let, let's, let's talk oh, about oh you want to
2: talk about she, that okay well yeah well, she's fighting uh, Casey O'Neill um, another Scottish yeah. fighter um, that, that fights out of Australia um, yeah. or does she fight out of Scotland and he's Australian it's the other way around isn't it Um But she seems to... Yeah,
1: um, she's got a Scottish flag on her thing. Yeah, exactly. She Uh, speaks in one of those weird hybrid accents, though, I think. It's like part Scottish, part Australian.
2: Yeah. You're an actor. Can you do an impression of uh, half Scottish, half Australian? G'day, mate. Where's me
1: haggis? There
2: (laughs) There we go. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: That's that's how she sounds. Um, I mean,
2: this is a big fight, right? Casey O'Neill's on an absolute tear at the moment.
1: Um, yeah, Casey's on a four fight UFC win streak, three finishes in that as well. Um, Casey's part of that kind of group of uh flyweights that have come through recently that like the Miranda Mavericks, uh, and Erin and Blanchfield's as yeah. well. And Erin Blanchfield, we're seeing now. I mean, if it wasn't for the Grasso win, she'd probably be fighting for the belt in her next fight mm-hmm. now. Who knows what's going to happen between Grasso, Shevchenko, Erin Blanchfield, but um. Yeah, there's some really top fighters coming through in that women's flyweight division, and Casey is one of them. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, this is a step up for her, though. I mean, Maya's a former title contender; she's only really lost to top opposition. So, if Casey wins this fight, I think that truly cements her as like a future title contender, or or there or thereabouts. You know, I mean, if there's going to be a bit of a logjam now because Grasso will probably rematch Shevchenko. Blanchfield is the next in line unless she wants to take another fight. And then you've probably got a few contenders outside yeah. of that as well. Um, Manon Furo is another one. So Casey O'Neill, yeah, if she wins this fight, she's probably one, maybe two away from a title shot um, and will thoroughly deserve it. Um, the fight that I'm actually really interested in is Marvin Vittori versus uh, Roman Delizze. Uh Vittori, fifth, Delizze, tenth, that middleweight division – who knows what's going to go on that? Adesanya's taking on uh, Pereira at UFC 287 next month, I believe. Yeah. Um, so
2: it's a it's you, a step up for Dillaz. I think you know oh, apart it's a from Hermanson, like the rest of uh, the you know his wins have come against a lot lesser of opponents than what Marvin's yeah. um, thought. I think it's a big step up.
1: Yeah, it, it is a big step up, and stylistically. I think it could actually be a problem for him. Now, I'm a big a fan. As I was watching some of his fights, he is an unbelievable wrestler, and he's got yeah. some nasty submissions, man. He's got... What he did to Phil Hawes, where he knocked him out, but... A, a minute and a half before knocking him out, he popped the guy's knee in like a knee bar. And he goes for those leg submissions often. He's Mm. very, very active off his back. And then you Mm. look at what he did to Jack O'Manson. Jack Hermanson is a very, very good grappler. He is an elite level grappler. And he got him in a calf slicer in a position I'd never really seen before. And then was just raining down. It it. It was phenomenal. And he does these amazing sweeps. Like he's a very, very, very good grappler. Striking wise, He hits hard, he's got power, but I feel like he's maybe a little bit flat-footed for some of the um, Mm. top-level guys in the middleweight division. And I think that's where Vittori might have success because Vittori's got good grappling, not the Leeds A level, but if he can just keep the fight standing, keep things on its feet, I think we'll see him dominate in the striking range, have better movement, establish a jab, all those kind of things, land shots. And I think that's where Vittori can probably get it done. But... If the Leeds A gets a body lock on him and can get him to the ground, Vittori's in for a really, really tough night.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, uh, so we're seeing uh, Jack Shaw, um, who's, uh, who's moved up to Feather, um, fighting McWen, uh and McCarney. Um, and McQuain's on a... I mean, he's had a. He was obviously a very promising fighter, and I think you know he's not had the best of best of times recently. Um, let's have a look at his record. Lost to Jonathan. Oh, we got a win over Mike Grant, didn't he, at, at uh, one of the London cards uh, recently? Yeah. Lost I think to LaRone. Like uh, four in his last He is one and four. Yeah. and that's yeah. taking nothing away from that, that's LaRone Murphy's in that one of them. As he said, some Barbosa. So uh, yep. you know he's he's losing to uh, fantastic uh, opposition, and I think this is a great fight because you know we, we we've seen jack go on an absolute tear at bantamweight um and and obviously take his first loss um it, it, you know in his last outing. and i think to move up this is a a really good fight i think it, it is an experienced fighter um he's mac Wayne and i think we could see something really really good i think jack's going to want to come out in front of the, the uk crowd and really make a statement and uh, and and, and you know remind everybody why you know he's is a fighter that we all need to watch because his his record's phenomenal and uh and yeah I think he's going to want to put that defeat to bed uh and, and what better place to do it than the OTO in, yep. in front of the Jack Shaw army
1: Yeah I think um I think right, I, th- I think he's MMA wrestling is going to be enough to keep Amir Kani away from him because I think Amir Kani is going to want to try and grapple a lot with Jack. I don't think he's going to have the hands to deal with Jack. I think Jack's boxing is going to be better, um, and I think Jack all round really should should be better than than Amir Kani. Uh Again, I think he would probably favour keeping it on the feet, but uh, mm. but yeah, I, I think he's 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 going to win this one. <laughs> um, on the Amir Kani thing, if you. Like me and sure you use Tapology, right? To to look oh, at, you're like, going to talk about records. that photo, right? Oh my god, what is with that photo? So if you, so if you just put in Tapology, you'll find all the fighters' records. It's a brilliant website where you can find all the fighters' records and and uh, you know rumored upcoming fights, all that kind of stuff. And, and we both use that when we're looking mm. at records of fighters and stuff. Most of the images that they have a photo on everyone's page is just them either standing and flexing at a weigh in. Or maybe midfight or like a some kind of shot where they're you know doing something fight related as you would imagine mm. winning a fight, something like that. Mm. if you look at Amir Khani's topology page, it's like a scene from a weird rap video or like some kind of budget scarface. Yeah. it's like he's just got loads of women women around him while he's got like some kind of drinks on the go and stuff, and like, like a
2: white shirt unbuttoned to the unbuttoned belly button. button. <laughs> he's got a load of cards, dice, and poker chips just on a table. Oh. Arm round one woman, uh, another woman's like tacti- uh, uh, very, sort of tactile and uh, and just rubbing his face while the other two are just looking <laughs> lovingly at him. Four women uh, while he's just looking there like he's put all of his money on uh, on the red and it's coming on the red.
1: It's <laughs> such a weird photo. I mean, I yeah,
2: hope I think... his management sent that over and said, uh, "Can we use this one, please?" Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a uh, very very strange photo but um, he's mr yeah. finland though he's mr he's, finland you face like that you're mr finland. finland there you go um <laughs> other other than uh jack making his uh featherweight debut there's still some other uh fantastic british fighters on the card um M- ha- mohammed Mikhaev, uh you know is is he on like a three fight win streak in the UFC now something like that yeah i know um,
2: mma record and you
1: know and but before that like had like 31 amateur fights and was undefeated yeah. the guy is a future champion at flyweight possibly even a two weight future champion you never know but definitely i think he's coming for that flyweight belt eventually he's fighting uh, uh jafel filio um who is on a five fight win streak outside of the UFC and is making his UFC debut here I don't I, – if you're a flyweight, I mean, maybe you think, oh, I'm a flyweight on a tear, I'm getting my UFC debut and I'm taking on a guy with loads of hype behind him. If I beat Makaev, i go straight into a ranking. This is phenomenal. But really, I think, God, that's a lot. UFC debuts can be nerve-wracking. We've seen people lose UFC debuts when they're really, really good fighters um, because, you know, under those bright lights, it all gets a bit much for them. To do that and then take on Mohammed makayev at the same time just seems yeah. cruel. I'm like, what's mm. this guy done, Jafel? What have you done, mate? <laughs> what have you, who have you upset?
2: Yeah, or who have you impressed? Like it, it could work the other way, you know. His, yeah. his record's pretty solid, and um, and maybe they're like, look, you know, this this guy could bring some fireworks. Um, you're making your debut. This this you know you could also just think, right, let's go and show the world what I can do. Who knows? I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, th- th- there's, there's a reason that everybody's saying is going to be the the champ um, because he has looked not always exciting, but he's always looked uh, unbeatable. And uh, and I, I imagine we're going to see quite a, a dominant performance. But I don't know enough about Jafil Filo to, to, to really no. sort of comment on that. No, I um, don't
1: either. Um, other, the he, other debut on the card, though, Christian Lever or Duncan? Yes, and he's, uh, he's uh, given up his uh, his Cage Warriors belt, and then is now uh, in the UFC, and he's fighting Todorovic, who you know is kind of he's been in the UFC for a very very long time. Um, I think he's six fights in his UFC career. Todorovic, he's three and three, so you know, very hit and miss. Yeah, yeah. but that's that's again, that feels like a lot to take. He's taking on someone that's you know established in the yeah. UFC, not. You know, not by any means um, on the way out of the UFC, yeah. but, you know, is established. And it's a big thing. Christian Leroy Duncan, 7-0, and uh, but had, again, another guy that had loads of amateur fights. So you're kind of hoping that the experience at amateur level has followed him into the professional uh, level and he's going to do really, really well in this fight against Todorovic. Um, anything you want to say about that one?
2: No, no, not really. Um, only that, you know, we're seeing so many people moving up from, from cage warriors now. Um, and we're seeing how important that is for the UK scene, uh, or the European scene in, in, in general to, to see these fighters get this, the strap over at cage warriors. And, and it almost seems to just open the door then to, to, to moving up into the UFC. And that's obviously where so many of these fighters, the UK fighters on here, um, have come from. Obviously we've just been talking about Jack Shaw. Um, one of the fighters that I'm really interested to, to, to see um, fight is Lerone Murphy. And obviously we yes. uh, had Nathaniel Wood on the on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, which is a great listen. Uh, he's he's, he's such, a, uh, such a lovely fellow, he's nice. Um, and obviously he was meant to be fighting Lerone Murphy. What a fight that would have been. Um, I think Blake and I have said it before on here that we're quite happy that that fight's not happening because they're two absolute... Uh, savages that are both on 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 nice sort of um, wind streaks, uh, but Lerone feels like Lerone's not fought for a long time. Um,
1: yeah, when was his last fight? It, it must have been a long time. It was. It, it wasn't. It was fight, uh Was it? The, it was, no, it, it was. that was ages was. ago. Twenty twenty-one. I swear that was back in the September card. Yeah. When Lehovitch. it was supposed to be was, in London, and it ended up in Vegas or something.
2: It was. Yep. Yeah, it was November uh, October twenty-one. So um, that was his last fight um, he was meant to ago. have Jesus. yeah he was lined up to fight uh, yeah it was, it was obviously Nathaniel and now they've um, they've given him uh, Gabriel Santos um, who I don't know too much about I don't know what, what you know Blake all I, I, think, I can say I think he's, he's on a, his
1: UFC debut isn't he it's his UFC yeah. debut as well lots of Currently UFC, UFC debuts on this card
2: yeah 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 um, yeah, he's got uh, a, a a lot of wins. His most recent wins have been coming from um, strikes as well. So um, great to see uh, Lerone remain on the card after the yes. Nathaniel Wood gets pulled from it. Um, because uh, former guest of the show, Lerone Murphy, I should say. Um, uh, t- top lad and, and, and excited to see what, what he can do. The
1: UK featherweights, mate, it's exciting. It really is. Um, it really is, isn't it? And obviously, you know, lest we not, uh, forget to mention Arnold Allen will be taking on Max Holloway in April I believe it is so yeah. Uh, yeah hopefully he'll be one away from a well he's now one away from a title shot hopefully if he beats Max Holloway Absolutely.
2: Former Cage Warriors champ Jai Herbert and former guest of the show Jai Herbert will be um, fighting uh, Ludovic Klein um, at 155 hopefully Oh is that
1: a 155? Oh yeah of course it is 155 yeah,
2: yeah. and, uh, and- be great to see Jai on the card. Obviously, training partner with with Leon, um, mm-hmm. so it'd be great to see the brum massive. Um, yeah. Jai
1: has never put together two UFC wins. You know, he was uh, two losses uh, and was staring down a barrel of that third loss, uh, and then he got that win against Karma Worthy. I think it was just after that fight that we spoke to him on the show, yep. and then uh, of oh. that horrible loss against oh. uh, Tapuria in March of last year, which he did really well in that first round. I remember, yeah. and then. Tapori. I, I I think Tapori is a very very good fighter. Potentially, I think definitely a future title contender. Um, hand sanitizer, boy, to scousers out there. Um, yeah. And uh, but. Um, but yeah like the guy took that and that, that was a bad knockout but then he yep. came back beat Carl Nelson and let's really hope that he can uh, put together his first little win streak in the UFC. We love Jai Herbert on the show. Lovely lovely guy. Um and then the the last fight that I don't think we've we've spoken about is Jake Hadley Malcolm Gordon. I, I've not yes. got too much to say about that. I want to see Jake Hadley uh, do well. He'll be he'll put together a win streak. he would be he's one and one at the moment. So if he yep. wins this fight, he'll be uh, two and one. He's he's uh Another one in the wing column starting to get that streak going down at flyweight. And he's taking on Malcolm Gordon, who was the last person that Mohamed Makaev beat uh, with a third uh, round arm bar, I think. So um That's yeah. right. Again, so another former Cage Warriors champ. Yes. Um yeah.
2: and uh, and yeah. Um yeah. Okay, well look, we've uh, I think we've come to the the end of the card. Um is there anything else on there that we wanted to talk about? I don't think there is, is there? I don't uh, think there is. No, there's a couple of um other UK fighters on there, Sam Patterson um, and Chris Duncan. And I've got to be honest, I'm not overly switched on about too much of... Uh, I think they are both come from the contender see- season, I believe. Um, but, uh, but yeah, again, UK fighters making their uh, UFC big debut this weekend. So it's going to be super exciting. Um, I mean... What more do you want? Leon Edwards, Kamara Roosman, Justin Gaethje, Fiz- Fiziev oh, at the O2 London pay-per-view. Yes, That's huge. I mean, hopefully we're going to get along to Media Day this week uh, This week, uh, and hopefully try and grab a couple of these fighters and, and, and get some little um, video interviews and stuff, but just a little, little soundbite so we can put on the socials and stuff. So if you're not following us on Instagram, uh, Facebook and Twitter, then do so because we're going to try and get some some great content. Um, there's lots of stuff going on that, that we've been – uh, we've been thankfully invited to in, including some, um, official ways and stuff so we're going to do our best to get along to as much of that as we can and try and get you um, some extra bits and pieces to uh, to enjoy over on the socials and fingers crossed um, we'll uh, we'll be in the O2 on Saturday to to catch all of the action and uh, nobody's got to stop late for this one you can uh, you can watch it with your pals on a Saturday night what more do you want
1: are we done Mr Harrison I think we are done. Yep, thanks very much for listening, guys, and we will see you next time.
2: Absolutely. In the meantime, go check out the back catalogue because you've heard us say former guest of the show about 300 times on this episode. So uh, so go and have a rummage in that archive because you will uh, get a chance to uh, listen to us chat to all of the cream of the UK fighters amongst many other absolute legends of the uh, the UFC and other organisations. We're back next time. See ya. Bye.